Hey friends, it's Genevieve Angelique. Welcome back to my OGs and hello to those of you who are listening for the first time. For those of you who don't know me, allow me to introduce myself. Who am I? I'm basically your Jill of all trades. I'm an entrepreneur, a creative mastermind, and your favorite around-the-way girl who's obsessed with storytelling and building community. I'm Boston-born, Cambridge-raised, Howard-made, and I bleed red and blue all day. That's right, Zolife or no life. This path called life has taken me to many places, and one thing about me, I'm going to meet and make friends along the way. So if it's true what they say about your network being one of your greatest assets, well then I love to say it. My network is lit. Tap in for real people, real conversations, and real stories. This is Jen and Friends. Hey friends. So this is episode one, well really two, but the first episode with a guest. And today's guest is Margot Gabriel. I thought it'd be really great to give you some context on how I met the individual since we don't really get into that um, on the episode. But Margot Gabriel is a Haitian-American food writer. She's from Boston, currently based in Lisbon, Portugal, and is living her best expat life. And like a lot of people that I know, I've met her really on social media. That was my first introduction to her. And then in the episode, we actually kind of get into like when we physically met and I do, I couldn't remember the name of the event I was co-hosting, but I did figure it out later. It was Black Girls Go Lean event and it was a project management workshop I was collaborating with another brand on. And meeting Margot was really dope because, you know, her real life persona <laughs> matched her online persona. And if you're like me, there's a lot of people I've met that seem really cool through the phone, but in person, not what they post to be. But Margot was super sweet and super genuine. And like, when I say I'm grateful for her, I'm grateful for her because this was probably the first, might've been the second interview that I did. And it was recorded in June of 2021. And we're now in March of 2022. So it took all this time just to get this content out. But I think one thing about Margot and what we really connect with is being a creative and just really like just that whole process. And we also, you know, you'll hear in the episode, we really connect on being Haitian American, being first generation. There's so many layers to just our lives as creatives. And it was really awesome to touch upon it. And to be honest, this interview probably could have been a lot longer because there's we only scratched the surface. But um, I will say, you know, working on this episode and putting it out now, it hit a lot different. Uh, at the time when we recorded it, it was, I was still in Massachusetts. I hadn't even made the decision to move to Houston yet. And um, so now listening to the episode and we get into a lot of things like, you know, connecting through your culture to your culture through food and how do you do that when you're in a place where you know your culture isn't in abundance you know where you come from or it's you know you you got to go really hard um just to find certain things that remind you of home but i could really relate now being in texas being haitian um so it really like i mentioned it hit different some reminders, some gems that I took away from this episode is you are literally the culture in breathing form. So wherever you are, you are the culture and you have to remember that. 
um, the importance of also finding and connecting to community in whatever form that may be. And then also how forging your own path isn't easy, especially when you're the first to do it. But if you're called to do it, you'll never have peace, you know, unless you walk that path. But y'all can listen for yourselves. And without further ado, this is Jen and Friends. Hey, friends. Hey, welcome to another installment of Jen and Friends. Uh, Today, I have someone super dope I want to introduce y'all to. Um, I am speaking with Margot Gabriel. She's a Haitian-American freelance writer, cookbook editor, and recipe writer from Boston. She's a contributing food writer at Cuisine Noir magazine, and she's now based in Lisbon, Portugal. She also has a forthcoming cookbook due out in June 2021. Super dope. And Margot... and I know I'm wrong because Marco just corrected me before we started recording. Um, you said that we met at a bread, a make bread event when we had mm-hmm. Jason Mowat from Trap Karaoke as like the guest speaker. I don't recall that. That's terrible. So I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just recall the um, the workshop you came to that I had with. Um, it was like. Uh, Black girl something. Was I recall that, that and I just remember you purchasing merch. <laughs> That's literally it. Oh, cool. Okay. But, and I don't I can't remember that event. Was that um part of like Fairmont Innovation or No, what I was, when was that event? That's so sad. I don't remember the other brand, but we were doing okay. um we were doing a a workshop on like project management for black Oh women. cool. Okay. Mark- Very cool. <laughs> No. <laughs> oh man okay no but that's that's awesome i'm glad i was there to support <laughs> right. I, I just you know i don't know how we connect i think we probably connected on social media first but i yes that margo you've done a lot of like amazing writing amazing Thank traveling you. which is really what i want to talk to you about today um okay. but before we get into that i'm gonna give you an opportunity to just intro yourself and tell of us of course <laughs> Thank you for having me, Genevieve. Um, everyone, my name is Margot Gabriel. I'm a freelance writer, as Genevieve mentioned earlier. Um, I'm of Haitian descent. I grew up in Boston, was born in Miami, Florida. So, um, you know, have those two experiences. And I recently relocated to Lisbon, Portugal in October of 2020, uh, which was a very <laughs> interesting uh, process of like immigrating to a new country and you know now living as an expat um, abroad and just all the layers that come with that so i'm excited to to be here and share bits of my story today thank you girl okay so i thought i was going to jump right into the travel part but you know you just said something and i'm like we gotta touch upon that because i'm also you know i'm first generation haitian american yeah haitian american yeah like (laughs) experience within itself it really is yeah and you <laughs> mentioned growing up in um being you say you were born in miami right yeah mm-hmm. you mentioned the two experiences between living in miami and living in boston as a haitian american can you touch upon that a little bit absolutely so i grew up in miami up until the age of 10 uh and then my mom moved my siblings and and i to boston we primarily lived in JP, and then we relocated to Mattapan, which is where you know, I grew up from high school on. 
Um, and I just remember Florida being like, I grew up in little Haiti. So like mm -hmm. all of my neighbors were Haitian and it was very much community focused, family oriented. Um, like I knew all my neighbors and it was a great like experience. And then when I moved to Boston, you know, it was very different. It was much colder. I found that people weren't as friendly, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So I sort of, I really did miss that like Southern hospitality that I had experienced growing up. Mm -hmm. um, granted, you know, Boston is home to a large Caribbean and African community and Latin uh, community as well. So um, you do sort of have elements of that, but um, I just felt like Boston was sort of a tough adjustment for me, even though I'm American, but I'm also you know, Haitian American and so, right there's that experience of like your parents saying, you know, I'm sending you to school to learn, not to make friends. And right. I was like, oh my gosh. So I sometimes it's like, how we've all had that same experience. Right. right, like, I'm like, what, Ma? Okay. It's so weird, um, yeah. It's very, very interesting, but I'm grateful for, you know, both experiences and Boston is like very integral in the person that I am today as a creative, so. Yeah, I say, I primarily will tell people I'm from Boston because that's where I've been the longest. Everywhere. I guess you're from everywhere you, you know, you connect with, I should say. Um, how would you say that your being Haitian American and also those experiences living in, um, first of all, you're a food writer, like you're a freelance yeah. writer, so you're like a creative. I'm like, how does that work <laughs> within the family? Like, you know. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> I remember telling my mom, like, you know, I want to study um, English. I wanted to become an English professor. And she wanted me to go to nursing school. And I was like, I'm deathly afraid of needles. And so, I, like, I knew it wasn't going to work. I'm like, I can barely handle getting my blood drawn. Like, I don't see this being sustainable. And so it took, I don't think it took too much convincing, but she was just like, okay, you know, she's gonna do what she wants to do. But I was like, I'm literally not going to study medicine. Like, like right. it's just not in me, but my older sister is is a nurse. Of course. Um, so okay. she, there, there's one of us that, you know, <laughs> right. fulfilled that in the family. But it was funny just like trying to explain like, yes, I'm gonna go to, to college to study English. And she was like, but you already speak the language like, what in the world. <laughs> so that was hilarious. So I was like, all right, you know, my siblings get the work that I do. And um, I think like now when I send my like articles and things like that to my family members, especially the older ones in my family, they're like, oh, this is really great, you know? Yeah. But I don't think they really get the full impact. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna publish like, Right. <laughs> which is fine. And which is why I really appreciate, you know, my, my peers. And, you know, individuals like yourself who get the, you know, how satisfying being creative really is um, and that you can make a living out of that. You don't have to, you know, necessarily go into engineering or a lawyer or whatever, um, but that it's a viable option for for uh, Caribbean Americans. <laughs> right. Out here, uh, trailblazing out here, I see. Um, it's hard when you're the first to do anything. Um, Absolutely. It's like an added pressure when you are the child of immigrants because it's oh, like man. you know there's like all the sacrifices that they came with that's kind of put on you you know to fulfill what they couldn't do or what they came here for their you know to you to give their right. children to do and so sometimes they can yeah <laughs> trying to choose your own path can be really difficult absolutely so, i don't really understand what i do sometimes either my mom really doesn't get it because she's like 
you know, I used to have the other podcast or when I used yep. to, I was working at a radio station. She's like, oh, my God, God, Julia. I'm like, you know, that radio thing. And I'm like, oh, oh man. The only time <laughs> anything kind of gels is if, like, I'm getting recognized by, like, somebody or something yeah. weird, like, getting yep. some validation. And then it's like, yeah. oh, okay. But other than that, it's like, they're not even phased, you know. And Haitian parents are hard to please. I will say that. They are. And I used to get so offended <laughs> when I was younger. And now I'm just like, mm. you just can't let it phase you. And you just got to let You your, can't. You, we know you're a food writer. You're a freelance writer. You work with Cuisine Noir. Yes. And can you tell us a little about Cuisine Noir before I get to my next question? Sure. Um, so Cuisine Noir is a um, online publication. It's been running and it's been published for um, the last 12 years. Um, and we'll be celebrating our 12th um, anniversary this September, um, which is really exciting. Um, but basically, we focus on covering the African diaspora um, in the food space, wine, travel, um, hospitality industries. Um, and so we feature different entrepreneurs all over the world, um, different chefs, um, you know, up and coming, you know, culinary artists and things like that. So we re really, you know, make it our charge to share those stories because uh, oftentimes they get overlooked. Um, and if it's not on trend, then like nobody's reporting about it. Right. Uh, and so I'm super grateful to be able to, you know, uh, contribute um, the work that I do for, for Cuisine Noir. Right. And you, you're creating your own trend because you moved abroad in the middle of a pandemic. Um, cause yeah. Live, <laughs> you live in Lisbon. Like I saw your, like, I was watching like some of your stories and your photos. Like, oh, she's like, took a nice little trip. And then it was like, I think maybe two or three weeks later. I was like, oh, she's still out there. Oh, hey, that's cool. And then I think it occurred to me like, Oh, I think she moved, you know? Yeah, I was very nervous about sharing that online. I don't know why. I'm just super, like, a low-key person. And uh, I had been interviewed by the Huffington Post uh, just about, like, everything that happened last year. And um, and then I was like, okay, I wonder if people are going to, like, put two and two together that I moved. <laughs> and some people were like, are you you know, do, are you quarantining in Europe? Like, will you be back? And I was like, I moved. <laughs> oh, wow. That, um, that's so, major. Yeah. That's <laughs> so major. First of all, why Portugal? And then how? In, in the middle sure, of, of course. Um, I know, because I'm a flight risk. I'll say that. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, to, to answer your question, I came to Portugal on vacation like four or five years ago, 2018. Okay. And I was actually on my way to Mozambique and flying out of Boston, they had like this deal, like if you flew Tap Air Portugal, you could spend two, three days, you know, in, in Lisbon um, at no additional cost. And I was like, okay, sure. And at that point, you know, I'd already been traveling to Europe, but Portugal had never been on my radar. And so I was like, all right, you know, it's only a couple of days, what, what could happen, you know? And I, I loved it. As soon as I got here, the food, the people, um, just like the the whole vibe, the architecture is beautiful. Right. Um, I don't speak Portuguese. I'm gonna take lessons at some point <laughs> to learn, but everyone just seemed really chill, and for the most part, people do speak English um, in the in the capital city. Um, but I just said in the back of my mind, like, all right, I have to come back here, and I really wasn't sure, you know, when and how that was going to happen. Um, but I, you know, went on to Mozambique and, and then went back to the states. 
um, and was still sort of stuck on Portugal. I'm like, wow. man, this was really dope. Um, and I, you know, was there just solo traveling and um, was thinking, all right, this is a pretty safe area, you know, to, to be as a solo traveler. Um, and so my plan was to come back a few years later and spend a month here just to kind of test the waters as a digital nomad. And then the, the pandemic happened. So I was like, all right, I clearly can't go anywhere. Um, and so in June, really after George Floyd's murder, I was like, mm, let's, uh, <laughs> let's, you know, let's see where, where I can live for, you know, a few months or whatever. And so I just started applying for um, my visa application to, to come here um, to Portugal. And it was approved and I was like, wow. okay, I guess I am moving. <laughs> uh, so I had applied in August and I got it in September. And then really the only sort of holdup was to get um, a COVID test. Mm. Um, and it was just like, the wait times were so insane in Boston specifically. So I had to go to the outskirts. I think I went to maybe Watertown or Waltham to get oh, it. Wow. Um, and then literally as soon as that went through, I was like packing my stuff up and, um, getting rid of things and just like trying to figure out and condense my life into two suitcases wow. to, to make the move. And, and, you know, of course I like told my family and I told my editors, and my mentors. Um, and so, you know, the people, you know, the people close to me knew, um, but they were just like, what? why are you doing this now? Like what, you know? And, and I was like, well, you know, if I don't like it, I could come back. Like, this is yeah. always going to be home. Yeah, and so it's like I'm I'm working from home. I can do that there, <laughs> like you know, as long as I have internet. And so I just sort of it was a shot in the dark, and I was like, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, then I knew I tried. Um, so I think for me, I was very much surprised. I was like, okay, <laughs> I, I guess I'm moving. Like every appointment that I had with you know the consulate. I don't think it had occurred to me because I was just like, all right, I have this goal and I'm working right. towards it. Right. And then when it finally like I got my passport, I was like, all right, I guess I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I still believed it until like I, I was on the plane uh, and here. Uh, but it has been such a transformative experience. I will definitely say that. And um, wasn't expecting to like connect and meet other people, you know, because of the pandemic. Um, but when I got here in October, things were still relatively open and people were required to wear masks, you know, in, in um, outdoors and in, in stores. And then like we went into a very strict lockdown in November mm. and then that just ended about a month ago. So we were in a pretty strict lockdown, which I was like, oh gosh, but you know, it's a beautiful city. I was able to go for walks every day and I finally sort of built my crew of, of friends here, which is really nice. I was going to say, cause you definitely put out some content. <laughs> um, during that time so yeah yeah so that one month I was here um I was able to meet with other expats and then also just like local people you know local Portuguese wow. folks that live here and it's been really really awesome like very That's grateful <laughs> so, um, yeah you mentioned it's been very transformative and I, I kind of want you to expound upon that a little bit in what Absolutely. way would you say it's been transformative um, I will say like now that I, I work for myself, um, cause I used to work in corporate, the corporate sector. And then I worked in academia and I was usually always like the one, the only black woman. <laughs> so, and then, you know, I, my hair, I wear it naturally. So there comes a lot of microaggressions and just, you know, 
the day-to-day of, of, of existing as a Black um, person in America that I was like, all right, this is now affecting my mental health and just, right. you know, having to always, you know, I don't know, deal with the potential of, you know, encountering microaggressions and things like that. And um, not that, you know, everything is sort of peachy keen here, but I just was like, I'm done. Um, and so I find myself more sort of outgoing and, and more open to like starting creative projects because I don't have to deal with those things that I was dealing right. with when I worked in academia or in corporate America. Um, and even my therapist, you know, she was like, wow, like you seem you know, happier and just like you're really doing things that, you know, you've sort of had on the back burner for years. And it's true, like now I'm coming out with a book, which I've had on like my vision board for years. Like So, um, so in that sense, like just, it, this move pushing me to step outside of my comfort zone and like consistently challenging you know my fears and sort of any any negative self-talk that will basically not allow me to really live my full potential and so that's why I tell people like travel is so important even if it's you know a week you know for a weekend or a week or whatever like it's just you really get to stretch yourself in that way and the people that you meet like it's, it's incredible. So I would say in that sense, it's been transformative for me. Like it's made me a little bit more creative and like open to collaborating with more people and just pitching myself before I would never, never pitch myself. Cause I'm like, this person doesn't know me. I don't have an agent, you know, just all the, those things that even as a creative, I'm like, just put my name in the hat. Let me, let me see what happens, you know? Right. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned so you were talking about solo travel earlier uh, one of the things that when you came to portugal the first time that it was a great place for solo traveling and that's something um, i'm trying to think if i've solo traveled i don't think i've definitely i've definitely not solo traveled outside of the country um it's something i want to do but do you have any like advice or tips for people want to travel but like you know because it can be a struggle trying to plan with people you know oh yeah no I've done group travel and then I've also done solo travel and I there is a difference you know Um, (laughs) but I would always just like encourage people to like write down you know what what your goals are and know what your interests are know what your limitations are so if you love the beach and you're like just into hanging out at the beach and not really sightseeing um you want to think about what countries, what islands that you can do that um, and safely. Um, Cause that's always sort of in the back of my mind, like because I've traveled primarily, you know, but solo, um, it's super important to me to like do the research to understand like, you know, what's the political landscape in that country, in that region, you know, cause you don't want to get Caught stuck up. and like, yeah. <laughs> and there's like an entire revolution happening and you're on, right. you know, <laughs> you want a two week vacation. Um, and so I, I encourage people to like do some research, maybe check out any um, travel people on social media, but just ultimately like know what you want, know what your limitations are, right. um, know what you can't sort of, you know, uh, give up in your travels. Like it's important for me to have an elevator, you know, in awesome. wherever I'm staying, like if, <laughs> right. if, if staying in different. a small villa. Right. You are not going to get an elevator. So, right. uh, and, you know, that's charming for the first day, but not yeah. for the rest of your trip. Right. <laughs> so um, definitely, you know, do the research, check out YouTube, any social media travelers. 
Um, also any, um, I'd say like any publications, like uh, sometimes Froders has like a little roundup on this destination as well. Like um, they have a thing called Ultimate Guide to XYZ City. So Boston, LA, they have it for uh, most cities globally. Um, but yeah, ultimately safety is super important. So um, that I would always tell people just research what's happening in that region. Cause like, I think in Colombia there's uh, a lot of political strife happening right now and there's quite a number of American expats there. So it's just always important to like understand, you know, right. what's happening on the ground. Okay. And any um, advice for anybody who might be thinking about the expat life? Yes, um, absolutely. There's um, the expat app, um, which is basically an app created by Shar Winter. She is an expat here based in Lisbon, Portugal, but she's oh, from nice. Detroit. Um, and that platform, you can download it on any, um, you know, app store, basically. Um, you get resources. There's a directory of um, expats who are currently living abroad. There are those who have lived abroad but are now stateside. Um, and you could just tap into that network and it's free um, to join. So that has been super helpful for me since I've moved here. Um, there's a host of other um, platforms. I think the Flagsit, Flagsit tribe. I don't think I said that right. I but, think I've heard of them. But that's also you know yeah. similar to um, a lot of the other platforms that are featuring um, information for individuals who want to you know get that started as well. Um, but yeah, I just encourage people to to do the research first to understand like what lifestyle they want if you are considering becoming an expat. Mm -hmm. um, you know, know what sort of lifestyle you want. Do you want to still maintain, you know, the lifestyle that you've had in the States in your new uh, home country? Or do you want something a little bit more chill, you know, beach vibes or whatever? So research, research, research. That's what I ended up having to do. Um, and I knew like Portugal was only a six hour flight from, from Boston and they have direct flights. So that was important. I wanted to move to the continent, but I was like, you know what? Let me just slowly ease my, <laughs> ease my family into this journey with me. Uh, so, you know, you want to think about that as well. Um, Cause I'm very close to my family. So there's trade-offs to it all, but a lot of great resources out there. Sure. Um, I also want to know like mm -hmm. just how much of your like your Haitianness. I don't know how to phrase the question, but <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> I guess being Haitian, even you know, Haitian American living abroad, how do are there any things that you miss about the culture? Have you been able to oh, like yeah. duplicate it in some way or tap in or get your needs met? Like is there like right. a miss? But Oh man, that's such a great question. Uh, and that actually moving here really surprised me in that I missed like Mattapan. I missed, you know, going to Le Foyer on Saturday mornings and like waiting in line to get, you know, my favorite Haitian patty. Um, or like there, I've not met any other Haitians here. So like every dish that I've ever craved, I've had to make it. And so like trying to find scotch bonnet pepper to make beakleys, oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, I was literally on a hunt for probably two months. And then I found um, a, um, there's, they have like a little Chinatown, like an Asian neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So I'll go there to get like my spicy, you know, spices and all that. Well, you um, and then I did, 
And, oh, wow. But it was funny because I ended up going back home in December just briefly, and I brought back like scotch, scotch bonnet pepper and like seeds and all that stuff. And then I found the store, so I was like, okay, this is great. But I've definitely craved just everything like guyo and fuita and legume and all of that. And it's, it's yeah, funny because right. when I was <laughs> learning how to cook, I was like not into learning how to cook as a teen. But now that I'm here, I'm so grateful that I like it stuck still <laughs> um, right. because I can, you know, still um, really live in my culture and, and, and share it with, you know, others here who've never been to Haiti or, you know, they don't know about the history. Right. Um, so that that like really uh, makes me proud and super excited to to continue to you know um, uphold our traditions of hospitality and just you know the openness and the resiliency that's like common in Haitian culture. Right, that's awesome because you never realize like for me how Haitian I am until I'm elsewhere. Yes, <laughs> that's it exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I don't have access, so I can't have. A specific thing um so i just figured that might be a really good question to ask because i'm like i know portugal has amazing food but at the same time yeah you know right what do you do i know i just bought a mortar and pestle i'm like it's like my prized possession here (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome um before we wrap up i just wanted to give you opportunity to plug your cookbook um it's june now so when is you know when in june is it dropping what's the about very soon very soon (laughs) also my cookbook is coming out on mid-june so in about a week and a half Uh, the title of it is called the expat kitchen so you're the first to know what the title is which i'm super excited to share um but basically the expat kitchen cookbook is about the places that i've traveled to the and you know places that i've lived in um, and it's a culmination of different recipes that I either tweak or, um, you know, a friend has taught me how to make. Um, so there's Italian, you know, food, there's uh, some um, Haitian influences as well. I share the recipe on grillo and pickles and bun and pizze. Um, there's some dishes that also reflect, you know, now that I live here in Portugal, so some Portuguese influences like peri-peri chicken, um, some Asian dishes as well. And so I'm, I'm really excited to share it with everyone. Um, and I'll be hosting like different, you know, IG lives and cooking sessions with me making some of these dishes. Um, and yeah, go buy the book. <laughs> That's awesome. We'll definitely plug it in um, to the description for this episode. I will. And I know I'll be purchasing a copy as well. <laughs> I'm kind of my cooking game as well. Awesome, um, awesome. Yeah. So- <laughs> Any last thoughts you want to share? And then, um, and if you can let people know where they can find you on social media or connect with you, you know, outside of here. Of course, of course. Um, I thank you so much for this opportunity. You are amazing. Um, And just the work that you do and, you know, putting Boston on and it's, it's super, super awesome. So um, I would love to just say that it's so important to, you know, be your be yourself, but also um, challenge your fears, because that's literally the only way you can grow and um, really like realize your dreams. So 
um, that's sort of how I've been, you know, moving this this year and um, into the next year is just continuing to challenge your, your peers. Um, yeah. Um, and if you want to keep up with me and the work that I'm doing, I'm on Instagram at Margo's Creative Life. Um, and then also my website is www.margoscreativelife.com. Thank you so much, Marco, for, you know, <laughs> for doing this. I definitely look forward to this cookbook you're about to drop. I'm so excited that I'm thank like the you. first person to know. So I'll definitely be sharing it. And I just thank want to thank you, so you for much. your time. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Jen and Friends. If you love the content, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Also, connect with me further on Instagram at Jen and Friends and at I am Genevieve Angelique. Remember, sharing is caring. And until next time, peace and blessings, friends.